0: Three, two, one, here
1: we go. Welcome to Sober in the States Basketball. Here are your hosts, Jorge and Alec.
0: Here we are again, another week, episode six. Alec didn't want to talk to just me, so we scrambled to get a host because apparently i am not good enough for alec so alec in the middle of the game week recording a little early but it is what it is who do we got with us here today on a roll
2: with some guests alec who's better than me i guess so first i gotta address these incredible accusations uh that is not how this went at all um i have always been a fan of talking one-on-one with jorge it's more uh-huh. fun for our listeners when we have a vi- uh, uh-huh. guest but uh hey i'm good either way but today Um, For a lot of you on the So Rare in the States fans, we have a host of one of the other shows. And no, it is not MLS Card Guy. It is Trippin B. Trippin, how are we doing?
1: I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. Sorry, I feel like I just got to peek in on uh, mom and dad fighting here a little bit. But, uh, uh, you know, know, could you guys, you know... We're
0: not fighting, I'm just upset.
2: We need you to pick a side before we actually my, start recording here. My
1: my parents used to talk like you two are talking right now, and then they got divorced, you know. So I, I, Oh I, no. I, so. Uh,
0: breakup imminent. This podcast to is my But for those that may not know and may not listen to the baseball podcast yet, they will after this show, obviously. Uh trippin, why don't you why don't you give us an introduction? What's what's your sober journey been like? What are you up to? What are you into? Uh who
1: are Well, you? if you don't know my the, the crazy details of my so rare journey it's probably just because you don't don't pay any attention to me because I, I wear my heart on my sleeve I wear I, I love to talk about my results and whine and tilt and moan about all the horrible things that have happened to me in so rare so so uh yeah I, I actually don't really in real life expect people to know what I've been up to but but I do know that I broadcast it out there a lot because I uh I, I do love to talk about myself but yeah I've been playing so rare for almost 18 months now maybe even a little more than that I, I joined probably the week of the the, the infamous Gary V boom Ooh. and made a billion mistakes. Unfortunately, I was, you know how everyone has that experience of like, you joined so rare and you made a, a bunch of mistakes and then you figured a few things out oh, yeah. and, and got going. My problem was that I was in my mistake making phase when it was like legitimately one of the most lucrative <laughs> like market pumping times in the history of the game. So it's, it's real damn shame. I didn't join maybe a month earlier or even two weeks earlier than I did just to figure a few things out. But I've been, I've, I feel like I've rebounded from my early mistakes. I've played a lot of soccer for the last year and a half. I've won a few podiums. I've done some MLS versus the world. Winning, you know, I've gotten a podium, global all-star with the all MLS team, stuff like that, which makes me real happy. Repping for SoRare in the states always, and I've gotten into. Then, uh, you know, i met a made a ton of friends. One of the things I love about SoRare, even when I'm not winning, even when my cards are slumping and I'm not doing well, it's talking to friends the community is real for sure. Not to, not to go generic NFT bro on the audience here, but it really is about the community when it comes to so rare for sure. Yeah. So, um, so my friends keep me in it. And then Chris had the, the real kindness to uh, invite me on. He wanted to expand so rare in the States when baseball MLB product launched, he invited me in to be the co host for that after I had sat in on the Rare in the States soccer pod. And that was great. So, uh big fan of met I've I've never met Chris in person although we've hung out a ton online. I've met Nashi in person. I've met you Jorge in person. Hey. Alex I've never we've never hung out, in, out offline but hoping to do that soon. So we we got a little we got a crew we got a click here in the in the rare in the States for sure. And uh it doing M L B like rekindled my whole love of, of major league baseball. I was I used to work at MLB network back in the day. Like I work on uh, my day job I work in TV sports TV and so I was I was big in MLB probably ten years okay, ago. Okay, you can I mean, mention the Emmy, you can mention the Emmy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I have a couple of Emmys, but those are team wins for sure. You know, we those those are one as uh, as members of a production team for sure. Let me let, if anyone tells you different, they're lying. But um, so I really rekindled my love of MLB. I, even being a huge Major League Baseball head like ten years ago, I'd kind of fallen away from it in the last five years. This season, I got way back into it and uh was able to do you know have a lot of fun playing so rare mlb talking so rare mlb on the pod repping for so rare mlb on social media getting to sort of just like deepen my so rare love which is such a great hobby just in in and of itself and learn more mlb and now nba's launched and I'm playing MLB as hard as I can, too, within my budget and having a lot of fun with that. So I feel like we could talk about this. Maybe I, I'm a little worried maybe that the two new sports have like made my soccer results suffer a little bit. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I have to do a little more self-examination on that one. But we, that could be a topic we could discuss. But, yeah, uh, grateful to meet both you guys through doing this podcast. And then uh, when Chris said that he was bringing you both on to be the the basketball guys, I was like, hell yeah, let's grow the brand, baby. And it's all led up to this. Now it's the three of us here talking together. Uh, thanks. For, thank you for the invite.
0: Oh yeah. It's, it's been, it's been cool. I'm glad, I'm glad you get to be here too. Uh, we, we've we had fun in person. I know we've chatted a little bit before as well. And yeah, with basketball coming out. Yeah. Chris, Chris kind of did the same thing. I, we kind of were both, I know he was on the baseball podcast and I did the football one and then out of nowhere in NBA, he was like, hey, do you guys want to do this? And I was like, yeah, dude. And I was like, you're going to do it with Alec. And I was like, who? But yeah, dude, it's, it's been a great time. We're here. We are. And you mentioned getting besties. in. Yeah, dude, now we're best friends. I text him like six times before I get a response, but I just get bored and lonely sometimes, you know, whatever. You dude, also cool. send
2: six in a row before I have a chance to even process what's going on. So it's, <laughs> oh, it's-
0: dude, I am totally one of those people that like, send six texts to say one thing i don't know why i don't know how it started and i haven't really tried to fix it either so it just kind of is what oh, it is no right I'm,
2: I'm the same way so it's always nice coming across someone else that's like that i look and it's like oh my god i have six messages from jorge and it's like oh it's just all one thought <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, so like, yeah we're yeah. good here just,
1: yeah. like
2: i'm thinking something's going wrong and it's like nah just like this price is going up and it's like three images of graphs and it's like this is great
0: no but uh Dan, I know you mentioned that you kind of got in during the Gary V boom and some could say that this early market in NBA is almost like the Gary V boom. Cause some of these prices have just been astronomically insane. And there's just a lot of things that, you know, the normal folks like us really, really just can't really afford. What, <laughs> have, what, what have you seen from this market? Like, how have you handled like NBA coming from the other sports and kind of how you were saying that maybe you're soccer kind of lacked a little bit i like that topic a lot because my mls portfolio i had so many plans for it i was going to start scooping up all these players getting ready early for the next season and all of that has been derailed because i am all nba right now so kind yeah. of what, what what have you noticed from the market and how did you kind of handle it from the beginning to now
1: so for nba my main thing was that i felt like in mlb I feel like you can win with anybody. Anybody can be good in the right matchup or right situation, or right series. Right. Or just like through a hot streak. So like I, I went, I wanted to go big into rares and just get like cheap value rares, not necessarily chasing superstars because I didn't really have the budget for that. And I felt like I could win. And I, I, that's proven true. I've been able to get a few nice wins in MLB with some, you know, spares and scrubs and randos and things like that. So that's good. In And NBA totally different. I, I, felt like i needed to get either one, i need to get at least one of the big 3 if you call our big 3 as jokic doncic and giannis like i feel like you're kind of dead in the water without at least one of those guys in champion for sure if not two and even i've been able to in the early rounds here i've been playing luka in contender Ooh. So, uh, and but what I had to do then again, going back to everyone has budgets different. If you can afford better than this, I, I'll, I I say go for it. If you can do, if I could do what I'm doing in rare or in super rare, I would be for sure. But I kind of have to do it in limited, which is like I have two Luca cards because I want to be able to play him a lot. I have a, a uh, Jokic, I have an Embiid, I have a Trey Young. I, I really want to chase, like, even though I think NBA structure has done so well with the L10s to like prevent you. Mm-hmm from just having to chase superstars. I'm still chasing superstars. Maybe not. I'm, st- I'm, I'm able to find room for the filling guys, the role players, but like you have to have the superstars. So for me, it just only made sense to, to do it in limited. The prices have been crazy. Like prices have been crazy high for rares. And like, it's, it's t- You really can't make direct one-to-one comparisons. I don't think between NBA MLB soccer, because of the scarcity of differences because of the number of like quote unquote usable players in the pool uh, that are available in the league and stuff like that. Like there's, there's, there's guys, like we were talking about pre-show we looked at the cheapest super rare on the market. It's a guy named ish Wainwright, who's like 11th man for the Suns, And even that, is more, <laughs> you know, I, that's more Ethan. ETH I want to pay even for that card. So, you know, so it's like, there's, so there's a player pool, even though there's, there's, There's your pool of all your players, and then there's your your pool of, like, viable, real players that you would actually would carry or put into a lineup, and that's a lot smaller in NBA. So so it's tough to say, like, oh, well, a Tier 1 in NBA versus what a Tier 1 in MLB was selling for three weeks, four weeks into the game. You can't really make that direct comparison, so it's tough to, like, find, like, the – the gauge and the relative level of things, but all I can say is just, it's super expensive. Like I, I, if I go to like the new car auctions right now, there's guys that like are what I would consider players that I don't really necessarily have a lot of hope for. They don't have a ton of upside. And sometimes because of like a, just an artificially low L 10 or because of sort of injury situations like their price gets started pumped up. And so like, you're really not gonna, it's tough to get like a usable, like desirable rare card for a lineup for less than like a 0.1 ETH, you know, uh, or, or even like 0.15. And so like, that's cheap to some people. Sometimes that <laughs> even feels cheap to me, but like when I'm looking at the ETH in my budget, like I know if I did that five times, I would all of a sudden be like, Oh shit, where I need, I, where's all my, where'd all my ETH go? You know? So, so it's like, I've had to be really judicious. I've only picked up some really spare rares, like guys that I've scouted a, a couple of days in advance that I know have good L10 situations coming up. So now I'm in the phase where it's like, so if you look at my gallery, my NBA gallery, if you look at, i I have 28 limiteds that I've been picked up so far. A couple of those are prizes, thank you know, give the good Lord. Um, but I have my rares. I have four rares. I only bought, I paid a total of like 0. 0.8, 0. 0.08, excuse me, 0. 0.08 for three rare cards that I put into a rare lineup in in the first uh, in the rare contender last week, and it's Romeo Langford. Javon Carter and Kayvon Harris. Uh, oh boy, no! You're, yeah, you're, oh, I know. No. You can tell me uh, how bad Kayvon uh, Harris is for sure. I'm trying to get rid of him, but he did have a good game. He had like he had like a 15 for me on a he, on a five L10. So like I couldn't complain, but I was just looking for super cheap. Like is it .07 for three guys to get a lineup, and I won Davion Mitchell uh, in okay. the game week. Who? Uh, let me see. I, I don't know what his current price is for a rare, but like it, you could say as i'm as i bring it up here the uh he's trading at like 0.04 so you know i'm halfway to my value back just by winning davion mitchell so who knows but who knows if i if i made good investments there but like now i'm stuck with Kayvon harris like how am i ever going to get rid of this guy sure i only paid 0.025 for him but like how am i ever going to get rid of this card probably never i'm probably stuck with well, this thing well, forever well
0: well actually You might not be because, and I know me and Alec have been kind of going back and forth. I've been, I've been really deep in the markets. Like I've just been paying attention to everything. And I've been sending out like all this crazy stuff where like these guys who don't score anything because their L10 is so low. When they play one game, literally one Mm -hmm. game out of the what? Like seven, eight that we've had this week. And then, you know, they put up like 10 points, play 12 minutes. All of a sudden their price like doubles, triples, it spikes for like these nobody guys. So Mm -hmm. one, people are getting stuck you know, holding the bag on these guys that it's going to take them a while to really get rid of, or even get some productive value out where they're going to win some rewards. But people like you who may have some of those guys, it's just a matter of time before he has, you know, a stretch of games and injury, you know, kind of gets subbed in, Uh, it's Mm -hmm. too early to say we're tanking, but hopefully, but (laughs) you know, so he might get some playing time too. So, this market is so volatile right now that the dude, you could literally get rid of any card at some point. I
1: that's think. the other thing I've been doing, which is the, the other big difference between MLB and NBA for me so far, and I'd love to hear what you think, Alec, like uh, is that MLB is what I would call, i mean like accumulation mode. I hardly I sold maybe two cards throughout the entire second half of the season. I'm just like trying to get as many MLB cards as I can for as cheap as possible. And as many as prizes, that's even better. Like, cause I just want to build a collection. Cause I know that like MLB is just all about like, finding the right time to play someone. So you just want to have them in your collection. NBA is definitely like that too, in terms of finding the right time. But because the L10s change every couple of days, like the, the card you bought is, is not the same card that you're holding a week later. So I've tried to like be very much, I've, sold, I've already sold like 15 NBA cards. Like I've, I've been moving yeah, in I've and out of couple. NBA cards, like a ton, way more trading, because like I do not want to be stuck holding the bag on certain guys, even if I feel like I could, maybe hold it and get a little bit more later. I just, if I can sell, I sell, I've not, I'm not rejecting offers. Like make me an offer and I'll take it. (laughs) If it's a, if it's like a $2 profit, I will take it just to like stay liquid and like keep, keep the flow going for sure. So feel free to send me an offer.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think kind of what's the craziest comparison to baseball, kind of like you said, baseball, you really want to just add guys because you can play a matchup where they've got five games in a week. And even though he's a nine hitter, he's going to play all five or four out of the five. Um, but I think the craziest part about the market is guys will have one big game, whether or not their L 10 is two or whether or not they're Steph Curry. And, you know, I know Jorge sent me his graph where he had one good game and his price doubled. And it's like, I feel like people are buying cards at the wrong time. And like, that's great that you're getting Steph Curry after he had a big game, but next game week, his average is going up and now all of a sudden that's taking even more points away and you just spent double on what you could have paid last week. So I think like one thing that I, I hope it eventually changes, but it just kind of a good strategy is like, you want to find some of those bigger name guys that, you know, are going to put up big numbers, but have hit, you know, a rough week or a rough stretch or whatever it is. Right. Uh, maybe they got it a couple injuries and they had a couple of DMPs, but you know, once they have a bad game and that average starts to come down, that's when you want to target them. And I think right now everyone's looking at who had a big game this week, who had a big game week. That's who everyone's going after. And it's leaving a lot of other guys that you can fill in your lineup. You know, they're going to be successful. You know, they're going to put up big numbers down the line and you may kind of have to sit on them for a little bit, kind of like baseball, but in the long run, when they do have that one big game, now you're flipping it for two, maybe even three times the value that you paid for.
0: Yeah. But that, that goes in, that goes into putting the work, right? Like you now have to be, you almost have to be in the markets every day. Like Mm -hmm. I know the past week, like every time when I come home from work, I boot up my computer. I, go on server data literally right click all my players and i just go through everybody and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay who spiked who didn't you know who moved who didn't and yeah yeah i've been i've been in and out of cards too and is that something that is going to be around for a long time to like this extremity or do you think it'll eventually cool down at some point like it'll slow down or right now it's like still in like brand new mania holy crap i just need to get a lineup out and then as time goes on and people learn from their mistakes it'll kind of maybe like even
1: out maybe i don't know i think it'll only grow i think it'll you're only going to see more of that behavior as time goes by because i believe it'll be a popular game i believe that the the we're just still in the early stages and that more and more people are going to jump into this game for sure and i think like because that because just the the magic of that points cap the the L10s and the points cap it's like it doesn't work why, like, I know they had a, they used to have like a, a an XP cap for building lineups in, in soccer, in the silver soccer, like two years ago, way back in the day. And they, they, before they revamped SO5 completely, but like, and it doesn't really work for, for MLB because of the, of the way that people can go from zero to 50, literally from one day to the next. In it, but in NBA, because production, because you kind of are who you are in the NBA and, and everyone can have spikes and, and duds for sure, but like, because you like, it's so easy to project nba based on minutes and just based on what a player has done so much in the past that like like the the points cap and the l10s just become such an elegant like beautiful solution for creating a game around it's like Mm -hmm. because the l10 changes every three days it's like you have to you have to be in and out of cards in the market if you you can't just buy uh you know 10 cards and be like okay i'm always gonna have at least five good guys going every week yeah you might but, like, if you just sit on 10 cards, there's a chance you might not be able to put a lineup together at all if the L10s go go a different way than, than you needed them to. So, like, it's just really interesting, intriguing. It's just so captivating to me. I'm really loving the game. Um, it's different than the MLB game. It's different than the soccer game. So they all three really provide their own sort of unique charms for me, and I'm really loving what they've come up with in the NBA. I'm not having gr- as I need some, my guys to step up this week, by the way, just <laughs> a side note, personal note. My guys have been absolute crap so far in this in this midweek slate. Uh, yeah, I just got a game damped, week four. So, so yeah, I, I could use uh, some good commentary. hopefully, by, by talking this and bragging. up so rare. But like but I just think it's only going to grow because n- I do think now and that's not to say that some people won't burn out. Like there are going to be some people who have been doing this for the last three weeks now. And they're like, you know what? This sucks. I'm not I doing think this the, in- anymore. And, the in and out but of yeah. having to
0: like trade in those like lower L 10 players will be a lot for somebody. Cause it, it yeah. is, it's a lot, it, especially with games almost every day. Like, you have to be there basically every afternoon, right. and an hour and a half before right. you take off. Even yeah, you have to be off. there
1: from, like, 7 Eastern until, like, 1 a.m. Eastern, really, at least, or at least, like, review stuff to know for sure. And it's like, but, like, so that will burn people out and there will be people who quit and fade out and, be like, this isn't for me, whatever. But it's such a greatly designed game, it feels like right now, that, like, there's just the sickos will find it. You know, the degenerates will come like, we'll we'll all call, like I'm not going anywhere. And like, I know more of our tribe, the people that really like get into this and love it and see opportunity in it are going to like stick after it. And, and more people will join us. I think we'll replace we'll be getting a lot more people than we lose, you know, over the next five, six months here of, of the NBA season.
0: I agree. And I kind of want to go back to something that you had mentioned before. Um, cause I know you have a DFS background and Alec, I want to get your thoughts too, cause we haven't really talked about this either. You had mentioned the projections and how they're really, really big in the NBA. And I've seen a lot of chatter around that as well. And I know so rare data hooked up with RotoWire wire to do projections. And I know the, uh, mm-hmm. so rare FP first pitch finding new name thing. They're doing projections as well. Like how important is that? And how useful is that? Like Alec, have you ever used projections like that before playing fantasy?
2: So I haven't necessarily through like fantasy pros or fantasy labs and all that. Um, As far as just kind of looking at like rotations, um, I kind of just, you know, it's very easy to find out what the starting lineup is, who the first guy is off the bench, um, depth chart at each position, which is very nice. Um, And it also, um, I'm drawing on a blank on what actual site that I use. Um, That's pretty good. I'm trying to pull this up real quick here. Um, Here we go. It's basketball.realgm.com. And it's got the depth chart of who's playing where, who's a starter, who's a rotation, and then who's truly a limited playing time. So kind of like our guy, um, Ish Wainwright, who's officially the last guy on the depth chart. <laughs> um, it shows that, but it also shows kind of what their um, their averages have been this season for points, rebounds, assists, um, whether the minutes are trending up or down. Um, it doesn't specifically mm-hmm. say how many minutes a game they're playing, but typically you can kind of gauge it. Um, just by seeing the averages so you know I typically whenever I'm trying to set my lineup um, I'll always check that or even just if I'm trying to pick up a guy um, who has a low L10 but it's like ah he still gets you know I'm looking at Damian Lee here for example three points two rebounds one assist you know depending on what is L10 and what his price is that's a guy that you can put in there and know that you're probably going to get that but at the same time you could get what he had Um, I want to say it was the second game of the season he had a buzzer beater shot and had like 30 so rare points just out of nowhere. So yeah, like every now price. and then, mm-hmm. yeah, like every now and then you can find a guy like that. Or if you know that, like, you know, who's the starting, uh, like Chris Paul's banged up, like campaign's gonna step in and instantly take over his minutes. You know, it's not so much like baseball um or even soccer, where like a lot of times your backups are more rotational. Um in basketball, typically, if the starter goes down, whoever that number two on the depth chart is instantly takes over almost as minutes to an exact T. Um, so it's very easy to kind of if you can keep an eye on it, um, which it is a lot, it's 30 teams. So it's it's tough. But, you know, if you can keep an eye on it, it's definitely easy to kind of find trends through that.
1: Yeah. And at, so here's what I think is developing. And one of the coolest things about all this, like stage, this phase of the game that we're in is like it's all this is like game week four. You know, this is a brand new game that launched and people are everyone knows the rules, but people are still trying to figure out the most effective strategies. You mentioned my DFS background, Jorge. And I I played DraftKings NBA for probably hardcore for five, six years. And I was not one of the earliest adopters, but I was early enough that I saw some changes happen. And like there, there's sort of like the the group think evolves and like the, the, the quote unquote meta strategy evolves. So like people, as we do more of these whole routines of like buy a guy with a low L10 post them back on the market for sale before it's too late put them in a lineup and take advantage try to make a quick sale to get in another market those like moves those techniques will become more and more second nature just the same way that people learned in DFS to like bot, build stars and scrubs lineups and don't try to don't try to win a big tournament with a balanced lineup instead you need to like put some studs in and then some cheap guys and guess, and, you know, figure out the way to get the right guy, cheap guys that will blow up. Like, and that, that, that's already starting to happen, but we're still in a stage where stuff can be figured out. So one thing I want to put a spotlight on is when you mentioned the projections, like, so, and you mentioned uh, our guy, a hoop, Alex Hooper, he runs so rare first pitch along with Gator guy. They do really good work and they're part of the great members of the solar community. and, Alex has a a Patreon, a a discord where he like distributes some uh, projections that are really good. And it's uh, what I would say is get as many projection sources as possible and like compare them and be like, why is this site say have the guy projected for 32 and this site has him projected for 28, et cetera. Like the more sources you get, the better. And I would recommend Alex's uh, service to anyone who wants to get involved. Just look for so a first pitch. That's a plug for a friend of the show for sure. Uh, I'm not getting any kickbacks on that or anything, but uh, <laughs> what I will say though, is if you, but like, I hope I wish Alex the well, and I want him to get as many subscribers to his Patreon as possible. And, uh, but like, if you are realistic about it, the, the source that's gonna become sort of like the chalk defining source has gotta be rare data, just cause it's the one that's being used the most by anybody right now. And I don't know if you guys know this, they just kind of soft launched this feature this week a couple of days ago. But if you go to rare data and you go to the SO5 tab and you go game week center, uh, normally, you, you you are used to using the game week center on so rare data, like sort of track standings and uh, in soccer tournaments and stuff. They've added a basketball tab now. I don't know why they haven't done baseball. Like, uh, you know, MLB getting the short end of the stick yet again. I'll stick that in there. But uh, uh, but they have a basketball projections tab in the so rare data game week center that you can just like sort by uh, best projected score versus last ten. So you can just like literally cl- do two clicks and get a. You can, you can get a list of guys who have the best projection versus their L ten, and like it, as more and more people discover this, like I said, it was a soft launch. I expect this to become like everybody's go to tool to be using. Like everyone's going to be using this. Uh, everyone's as soon as the L tens change when a game week locks, people are going to like jump onto so rare data. All right, who's my who's my low L tens with high projections for next week? And so, like, that's going to drive market, basically. So, like, Mm -hmm. if you – and the the one thing about that is it'll change because when this – when the Game Week 5 projections first went live a couple days ago at the launch of Game Week 5, Colin Sexton was actually, like, the number three player uh, uh, as far as a a plus of his uh, uh, projection versus L10. And if you look at his market, his market went nuts. Like, his market went way up based on seeing that already. That's just – this is just one guy. Uh, his rare card went from 0.073, 0.072, 0.074. That was all like 36 hours, 36, 40 hours ago. Within the last 13 to 24 hours since those projections went live, he jumped up from 0.75 to 0.1 it, on two auctions. And, and so like, it's clear that like people are checking that and they're starting to go pay a premium for these guys that so data is quick identifying as like good plays. So I, I I would use that. Like I'm not saying you have like you have to sort of then to really be good at the game you have to have the discernment to like be like where is their projection wrong? Where is their where is their projection showing me something I hadn't seen before? Where are they seeing something that's not really there that I know better that cuz like you kind of figure the crowd is going to react to this these projections in this site like a ton. So like yes, sometimes you want to go with the crowd and then sometimes you need to fade the crowd. So like to know the how and the why of why things are happening I think is big Um, but yeah, to Colin Sexton, who's just kind of like a sixth man type, you know, he had a, he has an 18 L 10, which is pretty nice. And he's been putting up over 20 in his minutes so far this season. A lot of, a lot of guys are still taking L10s based on like the the final week and a half of last season. So right. that's going to change a lot when when that filters out of the system. But anyway, again, I'm not trying to plug so rare data. I don't need to. They're doing fine without me. <laughs> but like, I promise you, when we know that like that's the go-to site everyone's using, then like, then you know that's going to drive the crowd decision-making. And so how can we, who who aspire to be a little bit Uh, above the crowd, a level or two, you know, like hopefully people that are like coming to find this podcast are like, they want to go beyond what everybody else is doing. And like, you're coming here for like an extra edge. My extra edge is to be like, first, just know what everyone's doing and then figure out how you can play off that and react to it and where you can go contrarian and where you can follow the chart. All
0: right. I have a question and who, which whichever one of you wants to take it first, go ahead and take it. But so Alec, Alec bull, take it. I've, I've been talking uh, way
1: too much. You guys, this is your guys' show and bro, I just hey, want to shut up. So I, yeah, I, want, I want
0: both your answers. Cause because okay. this is kind of like opinion based. So bowl bull, bull, right? Great guy, bowl bull, bull. I love bowl bowl. I will tweet about bowl bowl every day. All right. Everybody at the beginning was after him because of his low L 10, right? He has been popping off. So it has just been climbing week after week. It's sitting at 19, but the scores that he is putting up, like the last six games have been over 20. When, when do you take a guy who started off with a low L 10 started going up? And then when you stop looking at him as a low L 10 and then transitioning to a guy that you want to keep in your roster, how do you, where is that like middle ground where they transition? Like, do you keep holding? Cause like, Oh crap. Now he's just going to consistently put in points. I really want to keep him or that argument. of Oh,
2: we only had him for his L 10 and like, don't really know if this is sustainable. So I, I think there's a couple different factors. I think the biggest factor is kind of what did you pay to get him? If it's a guy that you got as a reward or if you bought him simply because he has a cheap L10, I think once his price goes up, I think by all means flip him. If it's a guy that you spent a little more on or his L10 was kind of more average um, and now he's kind of making that jump from kind of middle of the pack to a superstar, um, I, th- I think you really have to look at what the rotation is like for that team. Um, if he simply had a good game because there was a guy that was banged up or he had, you know, a good match against two really bad teams, then maybe you kind of look at him more as like, let's try and flip him. But if you're looking at that, knowing that it's going to be sustainable and knowing that you got a deal on one of those, you know, I don't want to say up and coming superstars, but up and coming guys that's going to constantly, you know, make an impact in your lineup, whether it's, you know, champion or contender, or whichever one. Um, if it's going to be a guy that's going to consistently start to get those minutes or those averages, I think then you can kind of transition them to becoming more of an every week player. Um, but if it's someone that you bought, that was really just kind of a, Hey, he's got an L or an L 10 of nine. Um, he's had two big games back to back, but he's probably, you know, once his average goes up to 15, you know, I don't that there's really not a ton of use there. I think that's when you kind of flip him. But, um, and it also just kind of depends on the team too. Like I know you're a huge magic fan, like <laughs> you love bowl Bull Bull, So like, i that that was
0: kind of lucky all right no one really expected him to pop yeah, off the way like, he did i'm glad he has all right he's been f- so much fun watching him but yeah that one was it kind of came out of nowhere
2: yeah like it's worked out but I, like it it also kind of comes down to the player and like that's what's fun about so rare is like with the collectability standpoint is like once you get one of the cards like your favorite players like kind of like nico horner on baseball for me it doesn't really matter what his price goes to like i'm probably not flipping that card like that's gonna be one that i'm always gonna keep so like It depends on what card it is, whether it's a favorite team, a favorite player, you know, all that. It kind of just depends on their overall situation, I think.
1: That makes sense. What about you, Daniel? I think I look at two stats. There's really only two stats that matter to me uh, when I'm evaluating if I want to keep a guy in my roster. It's minutes per game and it's fantasy points per minute. Uh, Easy to find on any projection side or so rare data as well. They keep keep mentioning and. Matchups are important, yes. Obviously, if you can get in, if you can have guys that are going in high paced games and teams that like to run and, and have more possessions per game, that's important and it's worth looking at. But all that it really matters is minutes per game and fantasy points per minute. And fantasy points per minute is going to be pretty stable. Most guys, once they've been playing in the league a couple of years, it's pretty established what their fantasy points per minute is going to be. They are who they are. And so then it's just a matter of what's their minutes per game. And so that's where you need to start checking injury news. And like, is a guy averaging 20 minutes over the last five when he was only averaging 12 minutes on the 30 games before that? Well, why is it because an injury to his team? It's because the coach likes him more. That's where you start to follow news. Like, and if you can, where I will speculate is if you, if you speculate on like, what is the guy's minutes per game going to be? Because you pretty much know what the fantasy points per minute are going to are, are already. Like I said, guys, who they are, are who they are. And you can try to play better matchups. I'm sure in, within a couple of weeks, I'm sure that uh, data is going to have matchup ratings for all the teams. it's probably the sample size is too small right now to really have good matchup ratings. This y- in young season, uh, uh, only a few games in for everybody, but eventually there will be matchup ratings. they will be worth looking at, but like, Cause that, that can like adjust your fantasy points per minute, obviously a little bit, but, but yeah. So like bull, Bo, well, yeah, he was an 11, right. And he got, he was super popular at an 11 L 10. Now he's up to 18 L 10 he's still balling. And it's like, you know, better than me, Jorge, you follow the magic. Like, is he going to continue to get the minutes that he's gotten over the last couple of weeks? Or is he just getting those because of an injury is that, is he just getting those because of tanking? Could something change Whoa. in his, in his near future? Like he's getting 17 minutes per game right now on, on his L 10. But if you look at like the last three games, he's gone over 25 minutes in the last three. So that's a huge difference. Started. Yeah.
0: yeah well, is he going to
1: stay as a starter?
0: Uh, yeah, the way he's playing, he might. And at going with the magic, uh, we're played with injuries Again, we just got Suggs back, and then T. Ross went out in the same game. So, and we're still missing a good core. We literally have our starters, and then we have our benches bench. That is like there's no in between right now, which would <laughs> go bench. to why we're like one in seven. Like our yeah. benches bench. Like we don't even have like our second tier guys. We have our third tier guys in there, like Kevon Harris. So, it it is really difficult. If Bull Ball can keep playing like this, he is going to get consistent minutes. Like he is going to be first off the bench at this point because right now Magic is Big Ball, Big Boy yeah. Ball.
1: And so he, he's got a fancy points per minute of 1.11, which is elite, 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 like anything over one is great. Like the very elite, like the Kevin Durant's of the world are getting like 1.5 and then like a, an average player is getting like a 0.75 or 0.8. So, and if you're down in the 0.5 range that's just, that's untouchable for me, but like 1.1 is just a really, really nice fantasy points per minute. So at, at a 19 L 10, I like him cause he fits in a lot of lineups with a great F point points per minute. And his minutes are going up. Problem is his price is up. The problem is that everyone's on to bull bowl, bowl. So that's where like one more factor of your decision-making comes in. It's like, well, this guy has a cool looking card. He has a crazy cool name. He's kind of famous because his dad was in the NBA. This is someone that Europeans would know about a little bit even though if they don't follow the game too t- too closely. So like all those are gonna drive a price factor up. And that's where, that's like the one more difference with like DFS, which is like, okay, yeah, DFS has stars and scrubs, and there's like guys that are you know underpriced for the day, and there's guys that are overpriced for the day, et cetera. But like they they uh, you're you uh, you're not stuck with those prices. You're not like stuck with like th- the guy in your gallery at that same salary for like days and days and days after. Which if you don't if you buy a card to use it for the game week and you don't resell it real quick, then again your your asset has changed not only the value of it's changed, but just the character, the nature of it has changed. Like bull bull at a L 10 of 30 is a lot different than a bull bull at an L 10 of 11, you know, but like mm-hmm. you may have paid a, a hefty price when it was an 11 to get it. And and then you, when it's at 30, all of a sudden, uh, people can't fit him into a lineup as well. And all, you know, his price goes down you know, 50% of what you paid, even though he's still producing the same numbers, he's just harder to use. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and that's kind of my fear sometimes is that that kind of stuff, where people kind of maybe chase. It happened to me game week 1. I didn't have a guy to put in and then I bought him for what is peak now which was I think like 13 bucks or something like that, but immediately got sent back to the G League on his two way and then his price like plummeted and I'm like, well, I got stuck with that one." But some some people might not take it like me like, "Oh, well, you know, I lost one, but I gained, you know, three more elsewhere, so it's like kind of bounces out for me, so I'm not mad about it." But it could really really deter some people. But even yeah. going on bull bull and the overreaction on his price Let's let's go with Alec. Alec, what are some of your NBA overreactions from this year? I know it's still early, but there's a whole lot of opinions going around. So, do you have any you have
2: any NBA overreactions from early on this season? Oh man, overreaction. Um I guess with the Cleveland Cavaliers starting off 5 and 1 this year, I mean, they look very good. I guess I guess it's kind of more of a bold prediction than a um an overreaction but i mean i wouldn't be surprised if the cleveland cavaliers finish the season as the number one team in the east um donovan mitchell's been balling out of his mind um darius garland has been out really since game one um he got poked in the eye but i think he's returning in their game either tonight or tomorrow um but they're five and one without their starting point guard right now and given how good the east is like you can't afford to have a bad week or two so The fact that they've had, you know, their starting point guard out for, you know, six games now, and they're still second in the East. I I think that's something that definitely people should keep an eye on Um, coming into the year. That was kind of one of the teams that people thought would be a sleeper. Um, I know when we had Brett on, he said that was a team to watch out for. So um, how lit were you when
1: uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell went off on Sunday for like 90 so rare points? It was absolutely insane. (laughs) That was just nuts. Um, And also shot at
2: Louisville. Donnie's the guy. Um, but I I think kind of more recent news, like with the Brooklyn Nets and and firing Steve Nash to kind of make him the scapegoat, I I think the Nets might actually be in some trouble here. Um, they just, they don't, something's not clicking and it's very obvious to fans, to players, to everyone. And, you know, people are laughing at Ben Simmons for, for not taking open shots, but I mean, he's still putting up decent Sower scores. He's still putting up decent fantasy scores. So. You know, it's not like he's truly the problem, but just something's off there. And, you know, I really don't think firing Steve Nash is the answer to that. Um, they still lost to the Bulls last night. Zach Levine went off in the fourth quarter, but you know, you can't have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and even Ben Simmons and start the season two and six and be like, oh, it's the coach. Like at some point, you have to kind of turn around and look at like who are the guys in the locker room, who's you know, it can be something as simple as diving for loose balls. That's what wins you games. That's what makes you go far in the playoffs. And, you know, Kevin Durant's probably not going to die for a loose ball. And honestly, rightfully so because of his name. But there's times where there's a 50-50 ball that, you know, a Ben Simmons could or any of the other role players could, and they're just simply not doing it. And it's leading to more possessions for the other team. They're getting scored on. And I just, I think things are wrong in Brooklyn and it's going bad very quick. And given how good the East is, it, it may come you know, too late, too fast for them. And they could come to the all-star break, 10 games out of uh, the play-in spot.
0: Trippin, if you were in this situation and you were playing on the Nets, would you bounce back from this? Like, would this, like, give you a boost? Like, everybody is so down on your team right now. It's just left and right, headline after headline after headline. Can they bounce back? Do do the Nets actually have a chance to maybe turn this season around? Or are they on Wemby watch?
1: I don't think so. I, I just kind of like how I said after a few years, your, uh, your fantasy points per minute kind of describes who you you are, who you are, right? You know, uh, uh, we've seen enough sample size at that point. Well, we've seen enough sample size to know that Kyrie Irving is just a crazy person that you would not want to be your coworker in any field, whether you're playing professional basketball, whether you're driving a truck across the country, you know, whatever, like you just know this guy sucks basically. So like, like, it, it's kind of uh, one of those things where it's like, if I'm Kevin Durant, I'm like, why did I not leave? How did I react <laughs> with this squad? Like I should have got the hell out of here. Cause I think it will will get worse before it gets better for Brooklyn yeah. for sure. Harder. I'm sure as hell glad he got out of there. Steve Nash, I'm sure, is just hell is relieved as hell. Oh, he, he left. He didn't even I, yeah. fire him. He said, you know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. they I'll, said I'll it was
2: mutual, and I was like, it for sure was mutual. They probably yeah. said, hey, we're thinking about it. He's like, you don't even have to. I'm out. Yeah, like, exactly.
1: Show me. Show. Yeah, <laughs> Here's my laptop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, scrub it just right let me know where so.
2: I need to turn in my keys, and we're golden.
1: Yeah, so I just—it's I, bad. Like, okay, so I, I, as as much as I shit on Kyrie, I equally shit on Ben Simmons. Shit, ben Simmons is ju- for different reasons is just as crummy of a coworker that you would never want to have in a type of office and or team environment where you're trying to like work together to achieve a goal. This guy is a bum as well. So it's like, you know, you got a couple of bums. Who are supposedly your most talented uh, second fiddle players behind Durant, and it's, it's just not going to work. So, and then you hire Ime Udoka, who like, oh my god, like I mean, what kind yeah. of dysfunctional thing is that? Like, uh, like this guy uh, is <laughs> under investigation for not knowing how to behave in a workplace. So it's it's like all this stuff. It's like it's just like uh, it, it's only going to get worse. And I would expect Durant despite kind of reiterating his commitment to that squad it's in the NBA. You can always be traded, even with a bad contract, they can find a way to trade you. So uh, if, if I'm Durant, I'm I'm working overtime to get the hell out of there as soon as possible. For sure. Where does he go? No clue. I don't know who makes, <laughs> I'd have to get, I'd have to fire up. I'd have to fire up the trade machine or, or whatever. Let's just say, okay, let's wait for some contenders to emerge. Mm-hmm. And then like, I mean, could Memphis bring him in? You know, if Memphis could find a way to to trade Desmond Bain and some picks for him or something like that, and have KD and Ja, that'd be awesome. You know, like who? Like, there's a million ways to speculate, but I, I think we need to see like who emerges as like a contender that could use KD and figure out a way to make it work contract wise.
0: So would, would something like this keep you from going out and buying a KD being that you said like after a couple of years, you're established, you're going to put up those points. So would you not want to pick up Durant because of all the situation? Or you just no, know, hey, because for- at
1: that level of, of elite play, I think KD continue to put up tremendous numbers on a shit team for sure. Like 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 he they can be horrible and he can be great for sure. Like that. There's nothing like even the worst team in the NBA is still going to score a hundred points a night. And KD might just like make a, uh, make it so that he scores 70 of them, you know, so of those hundreds. So I, I'm not too worried about him as a fantasy player. I just don't think the nets are going anywhere as a franchise.
0: Well, everybody else thinks that too, because his price has been pumping anyway.
1: See, look at that. Yeah. I thought we had
0: some alpha. I was like, Oh, maybe I'm going to go scoop up. a. KD no, he'll, yeah. Well, him. that's,
1: that's the thing is like every situation is different, but sometimes in, in in the NBA, an alpha can put up great numbers on a team that's going absolutely nowhere. Yeah, All right. I mean, I really that see that in soccer. Zach Levine. Like before he got his big contract, everyone's like, oh, he's just stat padding.
2: He's, you know, the bulls weren't that good at the time. It's like, he, he can put Still up numbers anywhere. Like a lot of times with like the better team that a player is on, the better his numbers get, which sounds, you know, crazy, not to sound, you know, not to seem like when he's on a bad team, he's not going to put up good numbers. But when you have other stars around you, it's, he's going to keep, you know, scoring and you know, that the Nets could be, it could just be Kevin Durant and the three of us and Chris. Kevin Durant's still going to go out. He's going to put up numbers. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But when you put in a Kyrie Irving, who's actually clicking on all cylinders a Ben Simmons, who's not afraid to shoot the ball, which who knows where that came from. <laughs> but when that starts to click, like Durant's shot, you know, creation becomes better. He's getting more open looks. He's getting easier looks. He's playing less minutes, but his scoring still goes up. So like a lot of things can transition, but even if the nuts are bad, I mean, he's still going to put up his numbers. He's still a guy that you want on your team. Yeah, that's true.
0: All right. You got four choices, right? You got the Lakers. You got the Sacramento Kings. You have the Golden State Warriors and you have the L.A. Clippers. Four California teams all at the bottom of the West. <laughs> who who come, Who leaves the bottom? Which one of these teams has a chance to leave the bottom? Because right now, California has completely forgotten how to play
2: basketball. And that's including Golden State. Yeah, who, I mean, Golden State's going to figure it out. Um, Steph's going to put it together. Jordan Poole's going to put gonna it defend. together. Like those, those guys, Golden State's going to be fine. They're still three and five. So like, it's a slow start, but, but they'll be good. Um, the Clippers are basically running hockey rotations here with who's, you know, got load management each night um, between Kawhi Leonard and John Wall. It's really just kind of next man up. Or I Paul mean, George. Once we get to apparently. The, what'd you say?
0: Or Paul George, apparently who banged or, what? Or 80? Paul
1: George. Yeah, yeah he's I mean, player, he's 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 player one. He's player one on the week and so are this week for game week four. He's, he's dominant.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think they'll figure it out kind of once, once they everyone kind of gets their feet back under him, John wall, you know, he, he's just been hurt. So not that he's been out of the league, but you know, he hasn't really been playing every game for a long time now. So, you know, once he clicks them out, you know, you have, you've John wall, you've Paul, George, you've Kawhi Leonard in that front court. And I mean, you're set. They're going to make a big run. Golden state's going to make a run. Um, the Kings, I think you're going to probably out of those four teams finish at the bottom. Um, but I mean, they're still a young team to watch. You got Keegan Murray, De'Aaron Fox, um, Demontis Sabonis. One. So like they got guys, not that they will be a bad team, but I mean, I just think at the end of the day, they're not going to finish above a LeBron James and Anthony Davis led team. Yeah,
0: if that's what you think. But this wouldn't be a sober in the States podcast if we didn't have any tripping hot takes. <laughs> did, you, did, you, okay. did you bring? Did you bring any uh, basketball hot takes to? Uh, I, thought, I mean, I thought, I was, I, thought I was
1: giving nothing but hot takes already so far. I, I thought all this, this stuff was fire, uh, but I feel, let me think. You want my like hottest? That, what's the hottest, hottest? hottest trip and take? Okay, well, here, here's a take. Here's a take. I don't know. If, I, um, it's died down a little bit, so I'm not gonna go super in. But one thing I saw in the early days of SoRare NBA that kind of pissed me off a little bit was a lot of people talking about, oh, the cap, oh, the points cap, it's too restrictive, oh, it's too, like, how how can we live within this cap? 110, they've got to raise, oh, they're going to raise it. They, they'll see that it's too low, and they'll raise it. that's It's obvious, you know, and I saw a lot, I saw a lot of people talking along those lines, and all I can say to that is, grow a pair. Like, we're all playing the same game. It's not like everybody else has a higher cap and you have a low cap. Like, the cap is the cap, and you figure out how to make it work within that, like, Tim Gunnett, please. I'm I'm tired of people complaining about rules that we're all bound by. It's like, it's not like it's it. it I though the one thing I'll I'll accept is like you say, hey, well, I want to be able to play more star players. It's more fun for me if I can get names that I recognize into a lineup. And I get that. But like, as we've explained, like Soul Rare is a game for DJs. And like someday it will grow. It's gonna continue to grow and like things are like. It will become a game for the masses, I think, over time. It's going it to replace a lot of like the boring, fancy platforms that are in current dominant positions now. And I believe that. But like, at its heart of heart, like, yeah, like we we want to be the guys that are out there, like watching Dario Saric's minutes, you know, every night, to, because we want to see when he's going to finally get back in the rotation for the Suns. You know, we want to be the guys that are out there, like scouting Savion Mitchell and Romeo Langford and Yuta Watanabe. You know, hey. and, like. Uh, uh, James Boone, I think Jonathan Kaminga, and like, like the the true hardcore solar players get a little tiny thrill from like going and finding those players, you know, and like for spotting the fact that Matthew Vadova is back in the league and has a zero L ten, and he's fairly cheap, and Darren Fox is out for Wednesday, so he's probably going to get you know, eight to ten minutes off the bench. So it's like, you know, like when it comes right down to it, like. Lower the cap is is actually taking away it may make help you get a few more expensive star players in your roster, but it actually would make the game less fun. So don't ask us to lower the cap. Don't ask Sower to lower the cap. Soar knows what they're doing. They've designed this game the way it is for a reason. The cap is the cap. New Go for yourself, you know. <laughs> New pod motto. The cap is the cap. The, the cap, cap is the, the cap. cap.
2: Yes. Yeah. Scrape yeah. up. Screw yeah. screw. Yeah. Yeah. Alec, yeah. would you
0: be mad if they raised it?
2: I think as someone who kind of follows basketball a little bit more than others. Yes. Because then it, it does become more of a kind of closer to baseball where if I have an unlimited budget, I can put whatever stars I want and I'm going to beat people simply because I'm putting more money in Um, with, with the current cap. Like if people want to play more stars, you can put three stars there and you can put two guys who are going to put up zero because they're in the G league. You're not going to win any rewards. So like, we can raise the cap. That's fine. But like, you still have to then fill out that lineup however you want. So like at that point, it just becomes a, you know, how much money can I throw in this? And that's how I'm going to win stuff. As opposed to, you know, with the current cap is with the cap being the cap. Like you have to know what you're doing, at least to some extent. Um, You can still go out and get your stars, but you got to find those guys with the low L10s that are going to play more. Or even a guy who's L10, like I have Bohan Bogdanovich on my team. His L10 right now is, I think it's 25 or 26 and he scored over 30 the last four games. So like, that's a guy that it's just going to keep coming up. But like, for me, like at the time it was a good budget buy and now it's just working out and someone who's only going after John Morant, Luca, Giannis, like they're not going to catch that. And that's what sets my lineup apart. So, you know, I I hope they don't raise the cap if they raised it by, I mean, I guess last lineup, I I was one point over the cap. So if they raised it to one twenty one, I wouldn't be mad, but. (laughs) I think kind of leave it at how it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You should be able to win prizes. Like, not only do you win a card prize, but you win like five extra cap points for a game week that you can like bust out at any time. Like, you know, you like that would probably unbalance the game a little bit and start to piss some people off but just you know hey like, you know just throw an idea under the
2: cap there, it know, carries yeah. over so you're just submitting multiple yeah 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 or even back, if so you're
1: just, even yeah. if you know there was just mechanics just to get like two or three extra points because you're right sometimes you're like oh man I'm one point off you know, five I points mean, might be a little much but like you, you know you if you if you win, if you score over 200 for like five, four weeks in a row, you get an extra cap point, you know, on one lineup for a future game. We got it. I'm not the worst it, idea. It's just like a get out of jail free. I mean, it's yeah, like yeah, I, yeah, exactly.
2: I would absolutely hate it. I would love it for last week, but it's a little too late for that. Yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like you could buy a boot
0: jail free buy a boost in the in the coin shop you know the one that they yeah, the yeah. one that they ignore and don't use you know <laughs> we're, hey, we're starting
1: we're, we're starting to get into so rare mega territory which you know all, all, i love so rare mega everything they do except for adding those boosts kind of killed the game for me because i was like oh, i'm not going to research all these boosts sorry never mind forget i said yeah, that yeah but i love <laughs> but you know go, go mega i got i got no beef with mega it's a it's a, it's a beautiful thing
0: so even go, going based off your lineups for this week right now which we're in the middle of What, what's your next move for Sober? So are you, are you like, are you like looking to progress your team every game week? Or are you kind of sitting with the team for a game week or two? Cause obviously points are variables. Are you giving some guys some time or are you just like every week, just trying to search some value guys that you can just kind of pump in and out?
2: I think it depends on kind of how you want to attack it. Like if you want to fully invest in the market and fully invest in, you know, watching every game highlight, finding like the next low L 10 guy that's going to pop off you know you can change your lineup every week i mean i'm kind of mainly going at it as you know i've got my i think it's 8 or 9 cards here that i'm kind of rolling with for the first couple of weeks um just to really kind of get my feet under me so that way when l10s kind of start to average out i can fully go in but um i don't know i'm i'm kind of attacking it that way but at the same time like i personally just don't have the time to sit and scavenge the market but if i did that's that's exactly what I'd be doing Um, because like Trippin said, like so rare is for the D gens. And (laughs) I will gladly admit that. Like that's me, like baseball season. I was sitting there like watching every highlight, figuring out who, you know, who's pitching in three weeks and has five game weeks that I can go out and target now Mm -hmm. because like they went zero for five this game week and everyone's flipping them. Um, You know, on the basketball side, it's a little bit harder with less games, but I mean, if I had the time
1: for it, I would absolutely be doing that. My favorite MLB strategy: just look at the you look at the chart, look at the schedule calendar. Yeah. <laughs> That's what will tell you all you need to know for who to buy. Listen, I
0: keep seeing people that say, "Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't." I think it matters because I'd rather have two or three chances to put up a high score than just one. Just say because it's already kind of big. Oh yeah, it, it, ones, it does so it's matter like,
1: for sure. Yeah.
0: Like I guess people were like, "Oh, it doesn't really matter. You shouldn't really focus on that." I'm like,
1: it, yeah. it's factored into a few of my decisions for sure. In in, in already, and it will continue to for sure. I wonder if it factors into the price too. I, I do find myself building maybe a little bit more of a collection and like uh um carrying more cards than I first thought I would. And unfortunately that's probably just because of uh um buying guys that I've not then been able to sell like I would have sold them if I could have, but uh I I, I uh, couldn't do it. So the I, I so at this point I'm just like the guys that fall into that quick category, I'm just holding them on t- in hopes that someday they pop again, like you kind of have to wait till the L-10 goes back. If they've spiked on an L-10 and they're no longer as usable as they were when you first bought them at an inflated price, Keegan Murray, great example. He was a zero going into the first game week and everyone had to pay insane prices for him. I paid 0.1 ETH, you know, 150 bucks for Keegan Murray, limited card. Uh, that now that as soon as the game week locked, he went from a zero to like a 20 and instantly his price was cut more than in half, you know, and it's like, but I was able to win. I was able to get a really nice score with a zero uh, L 10 in my lineup. And I was able to win some prizes. So, I mean, it is what it is. Like I'm trying to win as much as I can. And Keegan, actually Keegan, I didn't mind. There was a couple other like cheat card zeros that game week that I avoided like Christian Braun for the negatives and stuff, because I, uh, they were a little more sketchy, whereas Keegan, you knew he's probably going to ha- be good, decent anyway. He's going to be able to like, get you 30, 30 points a night a lot this season, so I didn't mind a slight overpay there. But there's other guys that I've overpaid for already, uh, You know, even Kayvon Harris, who was rarely, fairly cheap. <laughs> you know, Not happy to have him in my lineup. I bought two Blake Wesleys when uh, the Spurs cut Josh Primo for his uh, bad behavior, and... Then Wesley had a, Wesley had a zero L 10 and I was like, oh, this guy's about to blow up and he's going to get a bunch more minutes. And then he, he was legit. He had like 11 fantasy points in the first quarter. And then he like uh, hyper extended his knee and tore his MCL and he's out for like months. So like though I I slide overpaid at 0.03 to each, to get two Blake Wesley's that I thought would be cheat cards and possible flips, or at least good cards to have. And now he's injured. So that burned me. So like, there's definitely going to be stuff that burns you. And but and so'm I'm, I'm anxious to see, I don't know, I'll be honest, like it, we're still in that discovery phase of like in soccer, we all if you've played soccer long enough, you have the story of the card that you thought was dead that somehow like came back to life and started crushing for you again. in NBA, we don't know exactly how that dynamic will work, but there'll be some some type of parallel to that. and uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Blake Wesley will rise rise again for sure.
0: Do, do you think it'll be harder overall? Just to win because of the averaging, like it doesn't matter who you are. You could be like the most experienced so rare player ever. Do you think it's just going to be damn near impossible to win week in and week out with just so many
1: fluctuations in the L tens? Or no, I think I think actually what if I what I think will happen is that the best players will will start to win everything. I think you'll see like the top same names up near the top of leaderboards often and often, and it'll be a, a function of they have good budgets and they're able to buy the cards they need, but B, they also have the skill to like identify and know which cards they need each week. And so that's, that's so rare, you know I mean? It is, and it, it's hard. You do have to pay to win a little bit. It's not a pure pay to win, but there's, there's an element of pay to win for sure. Unfortunately, it's, it's harder they tried to, to make it not that way. We'll see when galleries get bigger. Like I said, like uh, when, when everybody when when everybody has 50 cards instead of 10 cards maybe (laughs) the dynamics of the game will change around a little bit we'll see
0: when all the casuals can finally buy in because uh the prices aren't inflated you know they might be able to you know get into some action but even though even though it's not pay to win and alec i'm gonna go to you first if money wasn't a factor obviously everybody wants the lucas the honest but you could only choose one which one would it be and why of all oh, the top guys, like you could only choose one. So like, this has to be a long-term decision. You got him season long. If you could throw down the money, who would it be? Can I pick one of those names that you threw out? Or is it that have to be someone that's... No, yeah. It, it could literally be anybody up top. Like you uh, both could um, say Luca and I'd be like, well, that wasn't as fun as I thought
2: it would be. I want to say Luca, but I feel like because I forgot about him episode one, I'm not allowed to pick him. <laughs> um You do this to yourself, bud. Yeah, I... Honestly, I, I think either Luca or Giannis, just based off of age and given the fact that they truly do everything. Um, I'm a huge Steph Curry fan, but Steph's mainly just a scorer. He'll he'll get you know, assists and rebounds here and there, but um Steph's mainly a scorer. Whereas Giannis is gonna go out, he's gonna score 25, 30 points a night. He's gonna grab eight or nine rebounds, and he's gonna, you know, get seven or eight assists. So like even a guy like Jokic like that too, that just simply does everything. You know, from a from a basketball standpoint, sure, give me Steph. But you know, from just looking at so I I, I got to go with Giannis, and um, you know, he's on my fantasy team. I, I use my first round pick, so I got to stick with that too. But I just, yeah, I think you got to go after a guy that can truly do everything, that has the pieces around him. You know, that's still very young, is gonna be in the league for a long time, um, and has just proven that he can do it over the long term. He's won an MVP, he's won an NBA championship. Um, you know, they just got knocked out last year in the, I think it was the East, was it the Eastern Conference Finals or semifinals, whatever it was. But um, yeah, I, I think I got to go with Giannis there.
0: What about what about you, Tripp? And I know you have some limiteds of these guys, but if you had the money for the super rare, which the, the one super rare,
1: which one would it be? It would be Luca for me. I, I understand all the Giannis arguments. Luca's four years younger, a little bit more to achieve in terms of Giannis has a title and the MVPs already. So I like the hunger a little bit more on on Luca in terms of trying to be even come even greater. I think Giannis might be as great as he is going to be. And he is great for sure. He's truly great. I don't know how much better he gets from here, whereas Luca can still get better. And Luca does it all. Luca literally has no one else on his team. Giannis Middleton's out hurt. uh, But Middleton Middleton loves to score. Uh, Brooke Lopez loves to go out and shoot threes and eventually even come in and steal some rebounds. So like, whereas like, there's like no one on Dallas that can take away anything that Luca does. It's like all Luca all the time, everything, Dorian Finney Smith, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleber, These guys are not uh, hurting Lucas production at all. Whereas (laughs) Giannis can have a night where he just kind of chills and Luca can have bad games, but Giannis can have a night where he just kind of chills and, uh, and let's Middleton take the, the reins or whatever, or, or even uh, it, it was last year. It was Divincenzo would, would do some things. I don't think he's with them anymore, but um, hopefully it's my boy, Javon Carter getting some big nights at as cheap L five L 10. But, uh, but yeah, I love Luca. Um, I will, I will say that I, as I've built my lineups already for game week five coming up here for the weekend, I probably will bench Luca this week. I have yeah, two, two Lucas that will probably find their way to train. He's got one game against Toronto. Oh, yeah. Just against Toronto Siakam? versus point guards. Yeah, oh, yeah. I downplayed the importance of matchups earlier in this episode, but I Toronto matchup for a point guard is just not a, a good good situation when I can put Jokic and Embiid and, and Trey Young and Laurie Markin and Michael Porter Jr. into lineups. I, 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 I people can come at me. You, I can become a running joke on the podcast. as the guy who benched Luca, but if he goes off like 70 against Toronto, but yeah, I think I made ro- rolling game week five with Luca in training. Real quick, like Toronto
2: is a team like matchups in the NBA don't matter a ton. Toronto is a team. It doesn't matter whether it's their one through five. They play lockdown defense and it is Mm -hmm. hell in a cell night in Mm -hmm. and night out. It does not matter who you are. Um, So, yeah, Luca may like a special
1: case. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like he may still put up 40 sober points, which is great. But that's not really what you're looking for when you looking at I play at him against
1: 70. For so, sure. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I think when, when a team's playing the Raptors, that's one team you need to look at. But other than that, you can basically throw matchups out the window. So, I'm glad that you brought that up, Trippin. Hey, man.
0: I, I can tell you right now, Siakam is high on my list of next purchases. I just need his price to come down because this, and I knew this was going to happen. And I think I mentioned it on the, like, a few episodes ago. That as soon as that champion limited came out, all the price is pumped for all the top guys and it has mm-hmm. not stopped i thought it would come down mm-hmm. but it stayed i thought we were gonna have like a little dump after everybody kind of got their guys in a little like maybe buyer exhaustion nope it is yeah. still super high <laughs> and i am not happy because i sold the card and i have all this eth just sitting there and i don't want to use it because everything the rent is too damn high that's yeah.
1: why. Well, I, I bought, so I bought my Lucas and my first cards that I bought were two Lucas and a, and a Jokic because I like, I'm like, I'm going to get my stars first and then fill in the role players around them because I just want to know like how much these guys cost. And I maybe slight overpay because I, I bought these guys right before the start of the first game week, limited number 50, you yeah. know, the f- first 50 minutes on the limited side. And like, I paid like 0.3 each for the Lucas and I, I could have waited probably if I had waited 36 hours, I think I could have gotten them for like under two each. So I did, I did overpay a little bit for the Lucas, but I wanted to get the XP working because I think like in the, in the champion division, XP is going to be a huge factor. Like yep. if, cause everyone, there's going to be a lot of duped lineups. There's going to be spots where people are just running what they would consider an optimal lineup, like the the very best projected lineup that they can build. Like it's going to become pretty apparent. A lot of sites will be publishing those. I'm sure as the game matures, And so like knowing that like my Luka is better than anybody else's Luka or my Jokic is better than anybody else's Jokic, I think was big for me. And now, as you said, as soon as they did open champion, the the graph is is trending back up and we're almost back to the point where he's gone back over what I paid. So even though I could have saved a little bit of money by being a little more patient – I got a slightly more XP by buying what I did and the price is, is trending back in my direction to make my buys eventually will hopefully look pretty good.
0: No, I think at first that the hesitant and like it happened, it happens everywhere with whatever trading you're doing, that hesitation can really bite you in the butt. And yeah. I kind of went, I went budget guys first, and then I was going to wait and see because I didn't really want to overpay for the top guys. And apparently
1: that was the wrong uh, strategy. Because Well, uh, if you'd done it like four days ago, you would have been good. But now uh, they're, they're going the other direction.
0: <laughs> you know, I had the ETH too, but I was still like scared to touch it because I was still in shock. And like, now yeah. I'm like,
1: well, shit. Do you get like, paralyzed if you have an ETH balance or do you like have to spend it right away? I typically don't have an ETH balance because I usually <laughs> okay, just kind of. Okay, okay. yeah. Oh, You Yeah. You sell a card. I'm not, you know. Well, uh, yeah.
0: like, I usually just kind of buy as I go. So if I like see something that I want, then I'll just kind of throw on the ETH that I want and then do it that way. Cool. But yeah, no. Yeah, you, time, told I me, you, have,
1: you You bought with credit card probably more than I have, I think. Oh, I sure, did all right? the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In very questionable yeah, times no, late at night. That, yeah. Cool. But
0: yeah, no, I typically don't have an East balance. So like, I just, I don't want to spend it. It's there. Right. I don't want to watch it go down. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I kind of sat on it and I'm like, well, I could have put this to work. So I put it to work a little bit. I haven't time for some sales
1: or Hey, you need, you need to, you need to talk to uh, Chris, the, our, our master executive producer. And, be, and he's the, he's Mr. Tra- he loves to trade. He can, he oh. gives some tips.
0: Oh, I need, I need to talk to him because there are so many trading opportunities in the NBA right now. It mm-hmm. is, it is trading like the dang stock market and I am all here for it. I could do that. But Alec, do you have any more questions? Do you have anything, anything you want to get
2: off your chest? Uh, I mean, a quick "Let's go Bulls" wouldn't hurt. But Ugh. no, I mean, other than that, always a pleasure talking with you, Trippin. It's it's been fun as always. So you know, thanks for coming on.
0: Yeah, Trippin. You want any, You have anything coming on, coming up? Anything you want to promote, real quick? Uh,
1: so rare right in the states, baseball. Give if you like this pod, you'll love that one as well. Um, other than that, made me some offers. Uh, I'll I'll sell anyone for as long as I'm making like. 0.005 or even 0.003 profit just just come at me so uh come find me in the streets oh thank you all so guys so much for having me love talking mlb love talking nba love talking soccer just love talking so rare it's my, it's yeah. my favorite hobby that i've had in a long time so <laughs> keep up the great work and i'll keep listening oh there it is
0: there you got it good luck everybody on the game week it's friday when it's coming out so uh i'll see you at the bottom let's get it